Welcome, everybody, back to the All Out Blitz podcast. That's right, folks. Before we get into it, we had a slight name change. Did a little bit of rebranding of ourselves. Uh, this is only a second episode, so I feel like that's okay. <laughs> it, sh- it should be. We were thinking about it, and we are thinking that, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool to do more than one episode a week? So we figure with the word weekly in the title, wasn't going to work. Right? Nope. We enjoy doing this. Hopefully you guys like listening to it. Yep. So we gave it a little bit of a change. The All Out Blitz podcast is what it's going to be here going forward. So let's jump right into this, actually, with some breaking news on our New Year's Eve edition, the final day of 2019. A little bit of change in the Browns. A little bit. What's that change? Freddie Kitchens is no longer the coach of the Browns. True. And the even more recent news, John Dorsey, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, is also out. So it looks like the Brownies are doing a complete overhaul from top down. Brownies are getting getting burnt. They are getting burnt, and we don't like burnt brownies. No, we don't. But (laughs) this will be good, I think, for that entire organization. Hopefully they can bring in some leadership uh, to take over Baker Mayfield and the crew, maybe turn that team around a little bit, make them a contender. But let's get into, we're going to talk about, first of all, week 17, yep. right? Final week of the regular season, the NFL this season here. We're going to get into just a couple of cool topics that we've kind of been talking about uh, amongst ourselves over the past week or so. Um, we're, of course, going to talk about yesterday and actually, I guess, what is today, although it's Tuesday, which is <laughs> our, the typical typical Black Monday of the season. What's going on in the coaching carousel? Uh, who's, who's being interviewed by who? Who was fired? Who was hired? Then we're going to talk about some crazy, crazy news that's going on, uh, like massive contract extensions getting handed out here. Massive. Um, some, uh, some big milestones for some players this year, talking mm-hmm. about the, uh, the passing, the rushing title, sack master of the year here. And then we're going to get into a little bit of Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. All right. So let's start talking about uh, week 17. Jets versus the Bills. Right. Jets versus the Bills. Well... You know, typically, if this was earlier in the season, Bills. I think the Bills would have taken it pretty Absolutely. handedly. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Josh Allen only played a couple downs. Uh, they started taking some players out, I think, just to, you know, they're in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Jets aren't. The like, Bills got to rest some guys. Congrats, congrats. Right? So, uh, overall, Week 17 was pretty much status quo, I think, uh, except for one major upset. We'll get to that in just here in a couple of minutes. Uh, but we got the Bills actually losing, falling to the Jets yeah. 13-6. Uh, we get the, the Cincinnati Bengals picking up win number two of the year with Congrats. a 33-23 win over those over those toasted and burnt brownies. Yep. We had a nail-biter yeah, this in one, Detroit. This one was close. Um, Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions. We got a 23-20 win with a pack over the Lions with Aaron Rodgers doing just enough. Uh, he did not have a good first half, no. completing only about a quarter of his passes. Uh, he did come through in the end, of course, which seems to be the case this year, coming out in the end with literally just enough to get it done. That defense is really holding them up right now. I saw this game live, and whenever it was in the third quarter, they were getting close, and I was starting to get worried. <laughs> I think all the Packers fans were. They got to yeah. get. They had to get that win to make sure then, they can kind of stay close to that top of that uh, that playoff run. Packers get a last second field goal at the end. It looked like it was going to go into overtime because it was twenty twenty. But Packers got the last second field goal, and, and that was a tight field goal too. You had to watch yeah. that thing the whole way in. 
We had the Chiefs take on the Chargers. Could potentially be the final game of Phillip Rivers for yeah. the LA Chargers. Kansas City Chiefs took this one 31-21. They didn't rest anybody. They knew they were taking it to the Chargers. Um, big, big, big return by McCall Hardman. Um, lots of really big-time plays from their major playmakers. So yeah. they're going to need that going forward into the playoffs here, potentially for a good Super Bowl run. Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings. Another well, nail-biter. It was a nail-biter, which honestly wasn't <laughs> expected. But you know what? The Vikings were once again sitting some players. Uh, Bears really had not a whole lot to play for other than pride at this point. Yep. Um, they still didn't put it together, honestly. That offense yeah. is shaky at best. That defense really does not seem all that intimidating, but the Bears come away with a 21-19 victory. Yep. Then we get into the upset of the week. Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. What was that score, Brady? 27-24. to That was an amazing game from the beard himself, Fist Magic. The dude took it down last couple minutes of the game, put his team on top. Right, Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots, and with a couple of other games that happened, like the Chiefs win, this is actually putting Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores and his team, put the New England Patriots, forced them into playing in Wild Card Weekend for the first time in this decade, which is actually ending tonight. They have not played in a Wild Card in 10 years. They've always had the first round by, not this season. Way to go, Miami Dolphins. This was definitely the upset of the year. The very first upset of the year was when the Falcons beat the 49ers, but this was the most major upset of the year. Now we go on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Falcons, good job for putting on a win there. Uh, Buccaneers, like, I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston, he was playing, but... He wasn't doing all that great, but hey, it's James Winston. So <laughs> <laughs> That's about all you can really say, right? Yeah, it's James Winston. But good job, Falcons, good job, Matt, and good job, Julio. It was a pretty it was a pretty uh solid game of average teams, if you will. Myself as a Falcons fan, I of course was very excited that they came out with a win to finish off that season strong. They've been six and two since the bye. Since Dan Quinn, I know everybody's roasting Dan Quinn right now, but ever since he, he kind of put his pride to the side and changed his coaching staff a little bit, they were 1-7 going in to that bye week. Wow. Looking like everybody was going to be getting canned after that. Mm -hmm. They come away, they make some, some really difficult choices for themselves internally, and they come back 6-2 and two coming out of that bye with a couple of game win streak here. Now, uh, my brother's a Bucks fan, and him and I were talking before this game and I mentioned that, you know, Jameis, he's been playing, I don't want to say he's playing well, right? But he's no. putting up a lot of yardage, throwing touchdowns. He's got that amazing receiving crew of Godwin, Evans, and Perryman. Um, I'm pretty sure he made an achievement as well. He's getting 30 and 30 with touchdown passes and uh, interceptions. He did. The only man of the 30-30 club. He threw a couple of picks in this game. And to kind of solidify the win for the Falcons was his pass in overtime. Pick sixth by number 45 himself, Dion Debo Jones from the Atlanta Falcons middle linebacker, taking that pick to the house to solidify mm -hmm. that 28-22 win. So way to go, Falcons. Way to finish strong. You kept DQ his job. Um, 
Not a big fan of keeping Cutter, but you know what? We'll see what happens. Hopefully they give a little bit more responsibility to who is my MVP and Hall of Fame guy when he retires, Matt Ryan. Um, this game here was just a slaughtering, folks. The Saints and the Panthers, 42-10. Really nothing to say here. The, the Saints like, put their foot on the, on the Panthers' throat and did not let up. Like... The Saints, you really couldn't, like, expect more from this game. Like, the Panthers, they could have um, played better, definitely, but it's Panthers after all. And, like, the Saints, they really, like, they didn't have to lose this game to, like, still be in the playoffs. Like, they're already there. They were fighting to make sure that they would have had a first-round bye. Yep. Which... Did it. <laughs> mm didn't happen anyway so oh well sorry saints fans you lose again <laughs> um no i'm just kidding you guys are playing amazing football right now drew Brees has his team playing at an all-time high uh with stars like that on both the offensive and de defensive side of the ball it's gonna be a tough team to beat going forward yep um this cowboys game, this... cowboys just they, they killed the redskins the redskins you but... know playing with case keenum behind center is not a winning football team there's nothing there's nothing more to say the, you know the, the cowboys put up a fight they had to win um, and divisional games are usually pretty tough. This was a beating from the first minute. Yeah, and um, let me just say one more thing for one before we go into the next game. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> All right then, let's move on to the Giants and Eagles, the other <laughs> NFC East battle. Uh, Eagles uh, played the Giants pretty tough, yeah. and the Giants the same. They uh, they were going back and forth for quite a bit. However. Carson Wentz, honestly, is on another level the last couple weeks, and he's yeah. taken his entire team of no-namers, put them on his shoulders, and brought this team into the wild card, knocking the, the Cowboys out of the playoff race. Cowboys yeah. are done. Um, Eagles get that sixth seed heading in to play the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about that more a little bit later on. Uh, but kudos to the Eagles for, for stringing a couple games here together, just enough to win to get you all in the wild card. Now we go on to the next game, which actually kind of surprised me. We have the Indianapolis Colts going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The score is 20-38 to 38 Jaguars. <coughs> now, this surprised me because I really expected more from the Colts, and I kind of hope for, the, I hope for them to win, but came out in the end, they lost. The Colts have been laying eggs lately. They have not been playing good. They, you know, they, they had that, that shocker with Andrew Luck at the beginning of the season. They paid... Jacoby Brissett to be their starting quarterback and he showed a lot of promise he had a little injury bug you know a little bit a couple games into the season came back and honestly he hasn't really been the same I'm not sure if there's something lingering there or not um, they haven't been talking about it if he is but they just they haven't been putting it together I think Frank Reich and that crew will put it together next season they got a, a lot of really really yep. good players on that team but the Jags came in Minshew came in to try to keep himself a job next year um Really, I, honestly, I think putting him in a better position to possibly what Nick Foles is. Maybe they maybe they put Nick Foles maybe. on the move. They just paid him a ton of money to come to Jacksonville from the Eagles in the offseason. But they, they're going to have a little bit of a controversy to start that season. I'm sure it'll be a QB battle. Yeah. Um, we'll see who comes out on top. But but kudos to the Jags. And, you know, they have, uh, they have also decided in coaching news to keep Doug Marone and crew on staff to not make any coaching changes. You know, they got rid of Tom Coughlin out of the front office. Um, Mother Shad Khan starts performing some of those duties there. Or they bring somebody else in or give a little bit more to Doug Marone is yet to be said. Um, but good job. Great job for Marone. You know, I mean, the, the players are definitely fighting for him. 
um, and the rest of that coaching staff. So, you know, glad to see it's, you know, I was honestly fully expecting Doug Marone's name to be a part of Black Monday, and he was not. He kept his job and will be keeping it for 2020. Good job. Uh, next game is is, is uh, pathetic. Um, Steelers, Steelers are out of the Ravens. playoffs. Steelers and Ravens play. And the Steelers can't even beat a bunch of backups. Um, like, you guys can, Steelers fans can complain, oh, you know, we did, we're on our third string quarterback and you can say anything else you want. And there's still people bringing up the fact that you don't have Antonio Brown. You don't have Le'Veon Bell. You haven't had Le'Veon Bell for two seasons now. Get over yourselves. Antonio Brown, I pray to God he gets some help because he's absolutely insane. And, uh, he, I think he just needs to get some help here. So, uh, it doesn't matter. Juju Smith-Schuster is an was an absolute mess this season. Yep. You, he was injured for a good part of it. Um, dropping ball after ball after ball. Um, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger would make a big difference. Uh, I, I've had a <laughs> had a couple of heated <laughs> conversations with some folks over the last couple of days about this topic. Um, I, I don't think he would make that team a whole lot better. He's you know it's it gotten this gotten this argument with a guy about. Uh, you know, two seasons ago or whatever, last season, Ben was the, you know, passing leader or whatever. He throw most yards in the NFL, and that's that's great. I still say Ben is declining. He doesn't move as well as he does. His his game hasn't changed. He hasn't altered the way he plays um, to put his team in the best place to succeed. He's still, honestly, all about himself. Um, the Ravens took it to him. RG3 came in, played pretty well as a backup. Um I want to say beat one the Steelers twenty eight ten. I want to say one thing before we go on to the next game. Um, I was watching this game live, and the one play that the Steelers made, whenever they were going for a punt and he missed the ball and the Ravens got a touchdown, I was I'm not even a Steelers fan, and I got mad because he should have caught that ball and just punted it. But no, he grabbed the ball, runs a little bit. And then gets fumbled, and then they get a touchdown. I'm like, okay, just, what happened there? They're just not making good decisions. Next game, Tennessee Titans and Houston Texans. Wow. Wow. It turned out like I expected Revenge anyway. Revenge Brady. Not Brady, though. No. He was all in on the Texans. But Revenge the th- story. The thing is, is that the Texans have been playing mediocre football the last couple of weeks, and the Tennessee Titans are on absolute fire. 35-14. to 14. Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown are probably the newest and hottest QB and Woo! wide receiver duo in the NFL. Rookie A.J. Brown has really come on the scene. I mean, he's doing absolutely everything between short out routes to long post comebacks every he can run every single route in the route tree and Tannehill coming from the Miami Dolphins looking like an absolute dumpster fire coming into the Titans and lighting it up like an MVP I think potentially if they re-sign Tannehill which I'm almost positive they will at this point we can see a lot of success from the Tennessee Titans Tannehill and AJ Brown for years to come so an absolute killing here with the Titans over the Texans 35-14 next game Las Vegas Raiders. Oakland, they haven't moved yet. I'm still their, saying Las Vegas. Their stadium's not even done yet, even though it does look like I'm the Death saying, Star. It looks amazing. It looks fantastic. I'm still I, I think I'm going to go there next year so for Las- a game and, and you take, take that in in person. It looks sweet. So the Las Vegas Raiders against the Denver Broncos. This game, weren't really expecting much from either team, but it was... They they only lost by one point. It was 15-16. to 16. Bron- Broncos take the win. Drew Locke looking like Drew Locke, looking like that quarterback of the future for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen those videos, folks, get out on YouTube 
That boy was sitting on a bench spitting bars. He was rapping. He was having a good time. In a close game. That shows me Drew Locke has no nerves whatsoever. He goes in there and he balls out for the Denver Broncos. They put a couple more pieces around him. Um, you know, still no fan, that rookie tight end, Philip Lindsay, other running backs crew in that committee. Get him another, give him another whiteout. Yep. You know, shore up that offensive lineup a little bit, and that offense can really come to life. Uh, Rams over the Cardinals, 31-24. Really not much to say here. These teams, they're, they're both out of it. They, they're, they're not really fighting for anything other than pride, like a lot of these teams were in Week 17. Um, yeah, I that's, mean, there's not much it. to say about it. Honestly, it was a you know classic NFC West battle of the two teams in the NFC West that were completely out of the game. My little brother, he was like happy that the Rams beat the Cardinals, though. Yeah, little boy Kale, man. He's a, he's a Rams fan all of a sudden. You know how these seven-year-olds are. They like to jump from team to team. But uh, he was happy, you know. So it was a good day in the Genovich household. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then we had the final game of the 27, or 20, 2019 now, Week 17 say, regular, ga- regular season. Let me say, for the 49ers against the Seahawks, let me say one thing. I'm not mad that we lost. Because if we won that game in the playoffs, we would have had to go against the Vikings. And if we beat them, the Saints. So... Thankfully, we lost, and we're going against the Eagles. That's all I'm saying. As long as, as, long as the Seahawks can contain Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders, this should honestly be a get-right game for them for the rest of the playoffs. Absolutely. Now, if they win, they're going to be going to New Orleans, more than likely, mm-hmm. which is going to be an absolute crazy, crazy game yeah. in that stadium down there in New Orleans. But... <laughs> In my opinion, it was the best route for them to take. Now, I will say, briefly, so we can get into some of this news here, they got the shaft in this game. They should have beat the 49ers for a second time this season. This non-pass interference call on Jacob Hollister. That I don't know should have if, been called, and I don't know how the refs did not flag that. I don't, Even the announcers were saying that should have been flagged. This, report, or this uh, refereeing crew from New York said that they didn't stop the game because they have so many different angles and they didn't see how it could be pass interference. One person even said that it seemed like maybe Jacob Hollister initiated that contact. Go look at it again, guys. Seriously. Maybe in the new year they can get some eye insurance from the NFL. Go get their eyes checked. No matter (laughs) what, with the way that this outcome has, has affected the playoff picture. Everyone in the Seattle Seahawks Stadium booed because of that. They should have stopped it whether they saw it or not. They gave less than 30 seconds because there were no timeouts to very, very quickly look at the angles and the views and decided not to stop the game to look deeper into it to make sure they get the right call. And then flag us for like like, like delay of game. Like, that was Seattle's fault. Was it? <laughs> that was Seattle's fault. They were stupid not to get the play in. You're sitting on the two-inch line, and you're walking around like you called a timeout. All they had to do, tell me Pete Carroll and that crew does not have a playbook that says, if I'm on the two-inch line, here's the five plays we're going to run. Throw beast mode in there, get the line, get somebody else, and push that dude in there. Yeah. Instead of instead of spiking the ball, Russell Wilson could have literally stood up and he would have been in the end zone from the snap. Yeah. It should have never come to that pass interference call, but the refereeing crew here in 2019 has been worse than ever before, and I know every single year we say that. 
and it keeps getting worse and worse. They put more and more rules in, which makes it more and more difficult to actually call a game fair, and it makes the league worse. Hopefully, in the offseason, they can get that fixed. I was going to say something anyway, I forgot to say. I don't say any more. It's playoff football now in the NFL. But before we get to all the news, I want to give a little shout-out to the crew, the video crew, at the NFL. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's watching over the past six weeks, the NFL Top 100. Top 100 players, coaches. Quarterbacks. All different teams, all different positions. Absolutely great show. Yeah. If you have not seen the NFL Top 100, there were six weeks breaking down different position categories. No, we did watch them. We did watch them all. I've watched a couple twice because there were a lot of players in there that I really enjoyed watching over the years. The one I liked the most was the wide receivers one where we had Steve Largent in it. He's a Seahawks fan. <laughs> Steve Largent was the man. Only wide receiver that didn't use gloves. Never used gloves. It's amazing. That's the way it should be. Now these guys need to stick them all the time and try to catch the ball. Big hands. But anyway, the one thing I want to say from a typical Patriots hater, because I am. Me too. I, I honestly want to say is... Bill Belichick was on this show every single week. Yes, he was. He is the best coach in the NFL, in NFL history, possibly. Maybe. Seeing Bill Belichick in that light, <sighs> laughing, smiling, joking around, sharing his knowledge and expertise and all these past players. is completely different from what he is like on a coach. It was coach. absolutely enlightening and extremely enjoyable. The yes. dude is an absolute crazy football mind. I would love to just sit and talk with him. But if anybody just, for that alone, go and take a look at these episodes. It's only a couple of weeks. Take a look at those. Um, Black Monday, man. A lot of coaching changes. You know, I, I, There were a couple more that I expected didn't come to fruition. But uh, first one is Redskins get their coach. Yep. They hire Ron Riverboat Rivera the for old... a five-year deal, the old Panthers coach. Yep. Um, and one that, like... Me and me and uh, Dad were talking about this yesterday, and there was like a lot of like drama going around, like the Cowboys coaching and stuff. Which is still mum, you know. Jerry Jones uh, and Stephen Jones have now met with Jason Garrett twice. Still no news as of right now. Uh, yeah. so I, I'm pretty sure Garrett and that crew is going to be gone. I know Garrett. There, there's some reports yesterday that Garrett. Uh, Told his coaching staff to, you know, hey, if you want to go look for other jobs, go for it. When typically with him, he would he would be trying to make sure that uh, he can keep people on staff. Yeah. We'll keep you guys up to date if anything changes here as we're recording right now. Uh, but the Giants uh, got rid of Pat Shermer. As Brady mentioned earlier, Browns got rid of Kitchens. Um, so only Baker's in the kitchen right now. He's the only one in the kitchen. Yep. What's he cooking up? Anything? Brownies. Probably a couple more commercials because that's about what he's good at right now. Um, Could you imagine that, like, in a commercial? He's just in a kitchen, just, like, and he opens the oven and then just goes and, like, do a commercial. I can see him doing that, actually. <laughs> I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> um, Giants have a whole list of people they want to interview. Um, yeah. A couple of it is the Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, Wink Martindale. You got Baylor's head coach, Matt Rule. Uh, which which actually had a little bit of uh, uh, relationship with Dave Gettleman already, the GM for the Giants. Um, definitely looking forward to Matt Rule becoming an NFL head coach with the with the New York Giants. Um, I really don't think there's anybody else in that conversation. 
Um, but they have a whole list of folks, I guess, just in case. Um, uh, Patriots, Josh McDaniels, as every single year, gets a lot of attention. He's on the Giants' radar as well as uh, Mike McCarthy, old Packers coach. Um, the Browns are actually interviewing a bunch of 49ers assistants uh, while the 49ers get their first uh, first week bye here in the in the playoffs. Uh, Mike LaFleur, little brother of Matt, the head coach of the Packers. Also Mike McDaniel. Uh, they're, they're interviewing both of them for head coach in the Browns. But with that change now that just came out as we began recording of the Browns and GM John Dorsey parting ways... Uh, it might throw a wrench into that, right? You never know who they're going to bring in now. You're probably going to want a coach and a GM uh, either kind of come in together. So there's probably going to be a lot more going around there. It's about as, about, about it for coaching. Um, yeah. You know, the Falcons decided to bring back the entire crew, uh, which I'm I'm mostly excited Keeping about. Keeping Dan Quinn. Like Keeping Dan Quinn. I love, I love DQ. He's a great coach. The team definitely did not quit on him, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy they're keeping him. Offense is a little shaky yeah. uh, with Dirk Cutter there. I'm a fan of Dirk as well, but I don't think he's right for our offense. But we'll see if next year they can turn it around. I I actually asked my dad yesterday. I, I asked him, I said, is there any people that you want to get off the Falcons? And he said Devontae Freeman just because he thinks he's overrated. <laughs> I think Devontae Freeman's extremely overrated, and he would also save us about $3.5 million in cap space if we get rid of him now. And just so everyone knows... Um, we're like, we're not afraid to say like what we're saying, unless it's like a few things. <laughs> we're just yeah. saying the truth. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what it's about. Um, there are a couple other guys in the Falcons I wouldn't mind getting rid of either, to be honest with you. Um, Desmond Trufant, not a big fan of him. If they get, if they actually cut him, they could save about $17 million in cash space getting rid of Freeman and Trufant. They've already restructured uh, Matt Ryan's contract and Grady Jarrett's contract so, to regain about $12 million in cap. But the issue is they got to look to re-sign that star tight end, Austin Hooper, and he's probably going to take about $10 million a year, yeah. um, you know, taking a lot of that. My thought is that was the position behind the restructuring of Matt and Grady is to get enough to be able to keep him. Even if they want to franchise tag Austin this year, it's going to cost them a little over $10 million. Um, All we know But we'll sure see what is- happens. I feel like for like for sure they're gonna be keeping Julio Jones. Of course. Just because he's like he's a good wide the receiver. The best wide receiver in the National Football League, no question. I'm Next back. news. Uh actually some some big news out of Ravens and Texans camp. Marcus Peters coming over from the Rams to the Ravens this season in a trade. Um just re-signed with the Ravens, a three-year deal, $42 million extension with 32 guaranteed. So big deal for Marcus Peters. And then uh, all-star linebacker Whitney Merciless with the Texans just signed a brand-new four-year, $54 million contract, 28.5 guaranteed. Um, good for those guys getting their bag. Uh, Marcus Peters, when he was with the Rams, honestly was okay. Um, left a lot to be desired in that defensive backfield with the Rams, but... Since coming over to the Ravens, allow him to be himself. He gets to roam quite a bit. Um, really balling out, to be honest with you, with that Ravens defense. Yep. It's dangerous right now. Um, good old run CMC, Christian McCaffrey with the Carolina Panthers. Becomes the third player in NFL history to get 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. And I remember um, seeing this morning somewhere that um, someone on the Panthers said getting rid of uh, Christian McCaffrey would be the dumbest thing they ever did. 
you know, you can't get rid of the one player that literally cow, cow carries the entire team on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, they got very few wins this season, and every one of them were because of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, you could see that with being able to get a thousand rushing and receiving yards as a running back. In my opinion, come at me if you will. Christian McCaffrey is the only player, only running back in the NFL right now that is worth as much as you want to pay him. I am a, I'm very much a running back committee type of guy. I would rather have two to three running backs to keep relieving each other, taking the load out there, um, you know, off the quarterback. But Christian McCaffrey is probably the only running back in the NFL right now. And I know Cowboys fans will yell because of Zeke Elliott um, and a couple other ones too, probably the Saints with Kamara and that. But, dude, I don't care. He is an absolute monster. He has those bloodlines. I mean, his, his, his mom and his dad were both absolute pro- crazy professional freaks. Um, so good for him. Um, like I mentioned, a third player in NFL history. Other two? Hall of Famers, Marshall, Falk, and Roger Craig. Um, Just unbelievable. He had close to 2,400 total yards just himself. Like, good job, dude. Literally carried that entire team. Yeah. Um, I watched this one live. It was amazing. Derrick Henry with Tennessee Titans wins the rushing title for 2019 with over 1,500 yards. He had quite the gap to make up this week in Week 17. Week 17, he had a 200-plus yard game. Absolutely amazing for a running back. He broke that rushing title record this year, or he achieved that rushing title record, on a 53-yard touchdown run Wow! to cap off the game. So, amazing. congratulations, Derrick Henry, on an awesome season. Keep trucking people in the playoffs. And Derrick, then we're going to move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Derrick Henry, like, I just want to say one thing. Um, like, good job, dude, because, like, you are amazing. I'm just saying that. that's coming from a Seahawks fan. Like you are an amazing running back. Moving on to Tampa, they don't have a lot to celebrate right now. No. They got a coach. I love BA. I love Bruce Arians. Great coach. Yep. Saying that he thinks he can win with any quarterback. If they're if they won games with the current one, he can win with another one. I thought that was an amazing soundbite. But yeah. they do have a couple celebrations. Jameis Winston gets the passing title for a 2019 season over 5,100 yards. But He's the only member of the 30-30 club. Yep. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Seven well, at least he has of something. those seven of those interceptions pick sixes. Wow. At least he has something like to be happy about. He does, but I think the 30-30 club cancels that out. Yeah. Um in much better news, linebacker Shaq Barrett is a sack master of the season with 19 and a half sacks. That dude's a monster. Wow. Tampa needs to re-sign him quickly. Yes, absolutely. So kudos to all those guys. You know, have an individual contributor type, uh, MVP type caliber seasons for each and every one of them. Um, I mean, Winston would have had an amazing year, honestly, if it wasn't for all his interceptions. Terrible, terrible throws. Terrible positioning with his wide receivers. They truly do have the best overall wide receiver core in the NFL. Yeah. Between Chris Godwin, Mike Evans... And Perryman really showing out with yeah. Evans and Godwin being out saved me in my fantasy championship this weekend. Um, 
if they had a half decent quarterback with a half of a brain um, and as strong of an arm as Winston has, they should be in the playoffs. Yep. Their defense is a stud defense with Shaq Barrett anchoring that defense down. Um, we're looking for better things out of Tampa Bay next year. Yep. At NFC South, I think is going to be a back to their their reckoning division themselves with all four teams in that division coming through. Let's get into wild card weekend. Okay. And like Brady mentioned, this plays a part in that. Why don't you give them the news on our friend, Michael Kendricks. Michael Kendricks will be out for the rest of the season and maybe out for a little bit of the next season because he has a torn ACL. So in that game, in that tough San Francisco 49ers matchup to finish out the season, linebacker Michael Kendricks out. Like, dude, I'll be praying for you because I want you to be back next so season. So Ken, you had, I mean, they've they've just had an onslaught of injuries. You had Rashard Penny. You had Carson. Procise. You have Procise. You have Kendricks. Like, I mean, the last three to four weeks, Seattle has been playing... Not true playoff quality like, football, but you cannot really blame them with all of the injuries that have just we've happened. Had four injuries in the past like three weeks. Like, yeah, like three weeks. So they need this game to be over quick yes. with the Philadelphia Eagles. They need to do what the Saints did to the Panthers and put their foot on the jugular of the Eagles so they can get this thing over with, mm-hmm. pull some of those starters. And get them, give them a couple extra hours to prepare and get healthy. And just so you guys know, we're going to need, like, and I want to say one thing. There was, like, another running back on the 49ers. Um, I don't remember his first name, but his last name was Homer. He did amazing. Oh, for the, the, you said Niners, the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, Seahawks. Um, He did amazing. I'm pre- Like, we watched that game live. And we had, um, like, he took two big hits, and kudos to him on holding on to the ball, and there's nothing really much I can say about the Seahawks. So. Yeah, Travis Homer, man, he's, uh, he really, sh- he's got some quickness to him. Got Homer Simpson. So they got that, yeah, a little Homer Simpson in there, but, <laughs> I mean, he's got the speed, Marshawn Lynch has the punch, yep. um, but I will tell you, to, to go far in these playoffs, Russell Wilson needs to be... MVP caliber Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. No mistakes, and he needs to take this team with him. And um, also, like, he didn't, like, I'm pretty sure he didn't play at all, um, like, last night. But we're going to need um, Turbin for Robert this. Turbin, the other yep. running back. It all depends, you know? I mean, he... Like, Marshawn Lynch... I saw him maybe in one or two plays. Marshawn Lynch, he did... He did... Well, Marshawn Lynch, I guess. But... He didn't really play his fullest, like play his best. I'd say that, but then again, he wasn't really playing like all season. He's been he's been out for fourteen months. So he's been out eating all the skittles. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I heard he likes lemon. That's weird. Really? I don't know. Oh. Um, no, but uh, no, they're gonna need that whole running back community to get in there. It's uh, between all the different players with Hollister. Um, Homer now, all these no-name guys just all of a sudden pop up and playing good football. They need to take advantage of that, but that defense really needs to step up. Um, Clowney needs to be disruptive. Um, That linebacking core with Bobby Wagner, they all need to just, they need to play on a different level. 
Uh, hopefully this Eagles game is the get-right game for them. Um, but we got two games this week on Saturday and two week, two games on Sunday. Saturday we have the AFC battles. And Sunday are the NFC battles. Now, I'm going to go in for the um, Saturday games and then you could do the Sunday games. So... Both of these games on Saturday, they should be good ones. We First off, we have the Buffalo Bills against the Houston Texans. And then after that, we have the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. So the first game on Saturday, the Bills and the Texans. The, the Bills are relatively healthy. They got a lot. They got everybody coming in. They also rested a lot of their players in Week 17. Um, they should be ready to go. The Houston Texans... I don't, I'm not sure if they, they didn't announce yet if Will Fuller will be able to play or not. Um, I think for them to be successful in the playoffs, he needs to be there. Yeah. Uh, J.J. Watt, however, coming back for the playoffs, hoping he Perfect can get a timing. couple snaps in for this week. Hasn't been announced yet, though. Nope. So we're still waiting on that one, but it should be a good game. The uh, Titans and the Patriots. Josh Allen, I'm just, like, before we go on to the next game, like, Josh Allen, play your best here, man. That's all I'm saying. Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots. Whew. Should be a good one. It should be a really, really good game. You got head coach Mike Vrabel, yep. the old New England Patriots star, um, coming against his, his old mentor there and Bill Belichick. So uh, the Patriots really had the Titans numbers over the last couple of years, but the Titans are playing out of this world right now. Um, I truly, truly believe that the Tennessee Titans can win this football game. Yeah, me too. The defense has been playing pretty well. Yep. The offense has been lights out with yeah. Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. The Patriots, although their defense is stout and their offense actually looked really good last week, are they coming around just in time? Maybe. It's possible. It's the Patriot way. But I think the Titans can take them. Yeah, because I feel like if the Titans play like they did against the Texans, against like against the Patriots after the Patriots just come after that Dolphins loss, Titans could win this. That'd be great. I mean, the Patriots, they're not used to playing on Wild Card Weekend. No. You know, they don't know what it's like, I'm like to have to continuously play week in <laughs> and week out. I mean, they do because they play all year and end up getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that may be the same thing this year as well. However... But like you said, it's been like a decade since they've been in the wild card before. And they're playing a really tough team in the Titans. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this one. Now we go to the NFC with the first game on Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings against the New Orleans Saints. I honestly think this is going to be a reckoning. Yeah. I think the Saints are going to take it to the Vikings. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how Minnesota made it in, honestly. they. I mean, they, they definitely... Strung some games together with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, I hope they can pull off another Minneapolis miracle here. <laughs> awesome. Um, with Kirk Cousins at the helm this time. But uh, the Saints are on a whole new level right now. It's going to take four absolutely full quarters, maybe a little more, yeah. of the hardest football in their entire lives to beat the Saints. Now, if the Saints... Um, well, if they were actually, like, if they went into overtime, like, with the Saints and the Minnesota Vikings, that's how, that's how you know that the Vikings are putting up their absolute hardest. Like, if they go into overtime, or if they just win normally. Like, they're putting up their absolute hardest. They need to. Kirk Cousins need to come out and be fearless. Stefan Diggs needs to take it yep. to that defensive backfield of the Saints. Their defensive backfield, their pass coverage... 
Um, their passing defense has not been the greatest. Um, no. So if Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph really needs to be involved, I think, for them to be successful here. He hasn't been that involved the last couple of weeks, but Rudolph really needs to get going. Dalvin Cook should be back to be able to run, but the, the Saints' run defense is pretty good, um, pretty stout there. So uh, I, I really do look for the Saints on taking this game, though. Yeah. Now we go on to the final game of Wild Card Weekend. Seattle Seahawks against Philadelphia Eagles. I'm obviously going to take my Seahawks on this one. I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. Uh, like I said before, I really think they need to uh, not play the way that they've played all 17 weeks so far and play every game tighter than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. They need to absolutely come out on fire, blazing, to take the Eagles out quickly. Yeah. Um, to get these guys some rest. So uh, I'm definitely taking the Seahawks here. I think it's the right the right game for Seattle to get right for the rest of the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, Carson Wentz has been something else the last couple of weeks. I know in 2017, before he got injured, he was top-notch uh, MVP caliber. I think the last four or five weeks, he's been he's put together better games than what he ever did in 2017. So I think it'll be a tight game, but yeah. Pete Carroll needs to bring it all out here. Him Bird. and his coaching staff needs to get it done. Another bird v. bird. Bird v. bird. Yeah. The got birds. The, got the seashells. We know the bird is the, the word. Weedles. So we got four games, folks. Um, all should be good ones. In Wild Card Weekend here. They, they should be good. If I had to rank them from best to worst, I would go Titans, Patriots, Bills, Texans, Seahawks, Eagles, Saints, Vikings, because I think the Saints-Vikings game is going to be a slobber knocker. Saints are going to crush the Vikings, I feel. Wait, and I don't like saying that. Wait, which one did you say would be like the worst? The best game should be the Titans and the Patriots. Okay. The worst is going to be the Saints and the Vikings. Okay. Just because of how like, badly the Saints are going to whoop the Vikings? I believe so. That's... But that's it, folks, yeah. for this week's edition of the All Out Blitz podcast. So, hope you enjoyed. Uh, lots of news going down. Still waiting to hear from the Dallas Cowboys camp as to what's going on. Definitely looking forward to the next couple of days here to see what coaches get picked up and where. Now, and to see Saturday and Sunday who's going to be moving on to the divisional round. Now, just so you guys know, um, I'm pretty sure, but I'm going to have to check with my dad first. Um should be having a second episode sometime this week. Not going to have any guarantees for when. But um, I suggested Thursday since we already have it on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, sometime this week. Should have a second uh, yeah, second episode for this week anyways. But third episode in general. We should be getting another one up here online the next couple days. Uh, with it being New Year's Eve. Uh, little man here goes back to school in a couple days, On so Thursday. we got to make sure we get all that situated first. He's he's upset, but <laughs> I very uh, much am. But we'll get another one up here probably before the weekend. Yep. But uh, thanks for joining in. Yeah. Uh, hope you all have a very happy and safe New Year's this evening, Always. and we will see you all in 2020. Always remember one thing: have a good time with your family, and just have fun. All right. Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy New Year. Peace out. Peace out. Have fun.